0: When was the last time you held a musical instrument? Some might say recently, but I'd bet for most of us it has been quite a while. Now, did you know that there are adult-friendly instrument petting zoos? Welcome to the Just Dumb Enough podcast, a show that acknowledges no one is always an expert by dispelling misconceptions with real experts. I'm your host as always, Colton Petrie. My guest today is Vincent James. Vincent is co-founder of Keep Music Alive, an international nonprofit focused on music education and advocacy. They partner with over 1200 music schools and stores to provide free lessons multiple times per year and are backed by such famous artists as Jack Black. Julie Andrews, Vanessa Williams, Richie Sambora, Kenny Loggins, and many more. The closest of these events is Kids Music Day, happening between September 29th and October 8th of this year, which is next week and the week after if you're listening to this live. Also, it kind of snuck up on me that the show is turning two years old next week. That's really hard for me to imagine because time has seemed to just fly by. There's so much I've done with the show and still so much more that I want to do. But I figure we'll make next week a special guest-free episode like I did with the one-year episode. Feel free to send your thoughts, questions, or feelings to dumbenoughpodcast at gmail.com and maybe I'll be reading them on air as we celebrate. But for now, Let's save music. Welcome to the show, Vincent James. Hey Colton, thanks for having me on today. Yeah, I'm so glad to have you on. Why don't you introduce yourself for the audience?
1: so i'm uh, vincent james uh, along with my wife joanne uh, we are co-founders of keep music alive which is a music education advocacy nonprofit, uh, national uh, and some of our major programs include uh, teach music week in march kids music day in october and year-round we do what we call musical instrument petting zoos and uh, for Teach music week and kids music day uh, we partner now with uh, over 1,200 music school stores, and organizations to offer free lessons to new students, kids, and adults, and uh, host special events that benefit and celebrate kids playing music. And then for the instrument petting zoos, which is probably the most fun thing we do personally, because it's kind of our hands-on activity here in the Philadelphia area, we bring guitars, ukuleles, keyboards, and dozens of different types of percussion instruments for kids to interact with. it's like a please touch museum for musical instruments and we get so inspired watching the kids get inspired getting excited about wanting to play an instrument yeah
0: that's certainly unique you know i've never heard of an instrument petting zoo to just be like yeah come pick something up and see if you can play it yes come give it a try you know so many
1: times parents you know come bring their kids somewhere and they're like don't touch anything don't touch anything and we're like you can play and touch here anything you like here We do have our teaching artists. We'll show them how to hold the instrument, how to make their first musical sound. And we're just trying to inspire them to want to start playing music. We're not actually teaching. Usually there's too much musical noise going around to really, you know, have a focused teaching lesson. But, you know, sometimes we'll show a simple chord, uh, you know, but basically we're demonstrating, you know, having them, showing them how to make the sound. And they often get really, you know, really excited. Their eyes get real big, huge smiles. Uh, will sometimes get lines that, you know, line at some of the different instruments, you know, kids trying to like, you know, I want to do that next.
0: I want to do that next. And it's just, it's just a whole lot of fun for, for everyone. Yeah. Just kind of pick something up and see if it if it fits you or if it drives you want to learn.
1: Yes, yes, yes. And the parents and grandparents and whoever's, you know, bringing the child, you know, the guardians that are bringing the children, uh, they get excited as well. because They're either like remembering, you know, when, you know, they used to play maybe uh, or they wish they had played or they're thinking about going back and starting to play again kind of brings us all back to our childhood oh i remember that instrument in elementary school i saw that before and then sometimes we'll get a parent sit down with a guitar say and they'll start you know wailing on like a led zeppelin or Jimi hendrix riff right oh you can really play you (laughs) you sit there for a little while and play you know will inspire even more
0: kids (laughs) hearing you play so what got you started doing all this it's funny.
1: Uh, I mean, I'm a lifetime songwriter and musician. And throughout my adult life, you know, I've been everything from actually starting from my teenage years. You know, I played in bands, uh, you know, written songs. I managed bands. I worked in a recording studio. I co-owned the studio for a little while. I promoted concerts. I wrote custom songs for people through my lovesongs.com website for weddings and anniversaries, trying all these different things and never really kind of had something stick with me strong enough in my heart. Like this is really what I was meant to do. And then one day I was on listening to a call. It was like a teleseminar uh, back before the Internet was really a thing about how uh, at least as popular as it is now, about how everybody has a book inside them that we need to write. And honestly, Colton, I never thought I would write a book about anything. You know, I didn't consider myself an expert at anything. By day, I was an engineer. And by night, weekends, I was, you know, doing all these musical activities. But because my attention was divided, I didn't consider myself an expert in either one of those. But when I'm on that call about writing a book, I thought, well, what about an inspirational book about how music impacted people's lives? Gathering stories from other musicians of how you know, how music inspired their life, how music changed their lives. And that's kind of when the light bulb went off. I ran up, told my wife about it. She got excited about it. And so this book we started into a series. It's called the 88 ways music can change your life is really what kind of began this whole march forward towards the music education advocacy. And, you know, it's just kind of been rolling down the mountain since then, you know, birthed the idea of, well, what are we going to call this overall thing as we got started and that's keep music alive came out of that. And then, you know, teach music week and kids music day happened, you know, a year and two years later, uh, from when we first had the book idea in 2014. And uh, we're still we're trying not to invent too many new things because we have <laughs> a lot on our plate trying to keep what we're doing, you know, up and going and impactful as much as possible. Uh, but we're really having a great time doing what we're doing.
0: Yeah, of course. I mean, it sounds incredible. And, you know, I assume there's some other benefits out there to learning music other than just like looking really cool when you're able to play an <laughs> instrument.
1: sure. Sure. Uh, yeah, I think when we were younger, some of us that's that's that was the reason that drew us drew us to the instrument. I mean the sound, yes, and having fun, but you know you know thinking that you might look cool when you otherwise you might not, I don't know, I don't know if it worked or not, but that's that's what we thought when we were kids uh, but absolutely, I mean, starting with kids, you know, our mission,' and kind of how we spell it out is to help more kids reap the educational, therapeutic, and social benefits of playing music, and you know, you're spelling it out, I mean, the research they've shown. The kids who, you know, grow up playing music, they do better in math and science and reading comprehension. Uh, they Their attendance is high throughout school. And along the way, they're learning so many what they call soft skills, you know, patience, discipline, perseverance that are important in so many other aspects of their life. And they're building up their sort of self-confidence and that self-confidence that they're increasing in their, you know, in their minds and their hearts carries over to every other area, you know, of their life, you know, throughout their schooling years and beyond. You know, we like to say we're not trying to, you know, turn every child into becoming a professional musician, Though some will be sure. That's great. We need more Lady Gaga's, John Bon Jovi, or whatever country style, whatever it is that you like, all the more power. That's great. You know, we need people making new music. But what we're trying to do is give every child the best chance of success, no matter what career path they choose later in life. Because it's playing music through their developmental years that will help them do that. Because music is one of the few activities we do as humans that uses both the left logical and the right creative sides of our brain. And when kids are learning to play music through their developmental years, that pipe between the two sides is actually getting a little bigger. So that extra bandwidth, the extra space for neurons to fire back and forth is how you get creative problem solving and thinking outside the box. And this is where we get some of our great doctors, scientists, inventors, entrepreneurs, and so on. So the music for children has so many benefits.
0: That's interesting because we never really think about that. You know, like I said, I always wanted to learn an instrument because I thought it was cool. So I'm like, oh, man, it's so fascinating to be. Able to play a piano that takes so much (laughs) skill, I couldn't imagine. And you never really apply that backwards to like the patience it takes to learn an instrument or the (laughs) perseverance of it all. Like things kind of just get lost somewhere along the way.
1: Well, I will tell you, Colton. Throughout my childhood, growing up, and through most of my adult life, I was like you. I had no idea all these other aspects. I just knew what you know music meant to me growing up and how important it was to me. Uh, but as we started keep music alive and started looking into a lot of the research, that's when I started to realize, you know, all these different aspects and the the importance and the benefits of playing music. And you know, from what I can see, they're still just really scratching the surface of the benefits of really audio, basically audio energy, you know, oral energy in general. You know, things that we bring into our headspace through our ears. It's just so powerful what it can do, you know, the, the instrumental music for meditation, you know, guided meditations with music and spoken word, uh, you know, it's like, just like all of what we put in our mouth, you know, what we feed our bodies is very important. What we put into our ears is so very important for our mental health
0: and our overall happiness. Yeah, I mean, there's a couple of things in there. Like if I was having a very bad day, but I knew I could come home and just absolutely like crush playing a song that would have to like help reverse some of that because I'm like, I know I can do it. I've done it a thousand times. I'm confident. Right. In skill. I can at least reverse some of this, you know, momentum that's going backwards on me. Oh
1: yeah, absolutely. And, and that kind of gets to the reasons for adults to play music, you know, the therapeutic, therapeutic benefits of playing music. Cause Colin, when you're playing an instrument, you're focused on the here and now you're focused on, you know, what your fingers are doing. You're using both parts of your brain. And you're not really thinking about, you know, what happened at work today. You know, it's a coworker that kind of ticked you off. You're not worried about some financial issue you're having, maybe, or some impending thing coming up at work. Or, or the guy who cut you off, you know, on the turnpike when you were driving, you, you know, it just kind of pushes all that out. And playing music allows you to be grounded in the moment. And anytime you can be grounded in the moment, it's good for the heart and good for the soul. And music is one of the you know, few activities that can really, truly allow us to do that.
0: Well, and that makes me think about what we listen to, you know, when we feel a certain way. There's days where I'm like, oh, I feel kind of low. Maybe I want to listen to low music. And there's some other times where I'm like, I feel kind of low. I want to listen to just the highest energy jam I can find (laughs) because I want to reverse.
1: Yes, and that's a very important point that you bring up because you're right. Sometimes when we're feeling low, you know, we need to actually kind of embrace it. And kind of feel it fully, and before we can full before we can really release it. You know, I advocate people creating like a couple different playlists. You know, one of them is uh, I call "Pump It Up" if you want to be inspired, get excited about something. Uh And then another one is called I think "Chill" if you just want to chill, relax, whatever styles of music allow you to do that. And then there's the "Cry It Out" playlist where you know you're feeling down and you kind of want to just for lack of a better word, wallow in it for a little bit. And this, you know, a really great song in that mode and style that resonates with you personally for some reason will allow you to do that and literally cry it out. And, you know, we all feel better after a good cry. Uh, You know, we don't always realize that as adults, you know, and with children, we kind of do it just instinctively, you know. And but as we become adults, you know, become more like self-conscious, Of, you know, I I shouldn't cry, I shouldn't cry. But, you know, guess what? As adults, we sometimes need to cry and get it out. And it's very therapeutic to kind of just release those feelings, whether it's through a song, through talking to someone, whatever it is, getting it out. And, you know, hit the nail on the head. Music can be very therapeutic in that aspect.
0: Yeah, and I think it's that kind of feeling. Like, music is always there. It's always, you know, it plays some role in our life. So when you hear something like, keep music alive it's a very dramatic statement that you're like, Oh, is, is music in danger?
1: You know, we do sometimes worry, you know, Uh, I actually did a Ted talk several years back called the three things that are killing the future of music. And kind of what I talked about was some of the cuts, educational cuts and music and arts programming in our schools. Uh, The lack of, you know, reduction of live music in many venues and then the technology causing kind of a whole shift in the payments to musicians and songwriters uh and then now we have ai you know when i did the ted talk ai wasn't you know on my horizon it was kind of on the back burner but now we have artificial intelligence where you know you can have machines writing songs so you know we do worry about i don't know about music dying but not having the same impact people uh and being taken for granted through these various you know reasons that i mentioned and i Music, I feel, is just so incredibly important that we need to never take it for granted because the benefits it provides to us both playing music and listening to music cannot be overstated.
0: Absolutely. And when you said, you know, like we're losing funding in schools out there for people to learn music, that's kind of a a very slippery slope because if you don't learn these abilities as a child, they're much, much harder as an adult. And not that we've (laughs) never had anyone like, create original music that they learned after becoming an adult but it's i'm sure they would even say like it was much harder than it would have been if i had learned this as a child
1: children pick up you know literally learning anything much better than we do as adults and it definitely holds true for playing music i mean we can learn playing music as adults learn to play the piano guitar ukulele whatever it is you'd like to learn i mean we have some benefits as an adult There's we can kind of will ourselves into all right i'm determined i'm going to do this and perseverance may come a little easier as an adult because we've had to experience that through other parts of our life, getting to that point. But children's minds, it's just they soak up knowledge and soak up skills so, so much more quickly. It just amazes me when I see some young, you know, sometimes you'll see something on, on the Internet and you see a kid playing, you know, the piano, guitar, saxophone, whatever it is. I'm like, you just kind of shake your head and make, you know, part of me wants to quit. <laughs> I'm done and another part of me is so incredibly inspired like i'm going to go practice extra hard, hard or at least like get close to where that 15 year old is or that 12 year old is i'm not I don't, i'm not going to reach there in my lifetime because i don't have enough time to practice to get there but i need to inch my skill up a little bit further
0: yeah there is definitely like a i'll never reach the skill level that this teenager has versus like well if he can do it i can do it and both of those right? thoughts like exist at the same time that's right. Absolutely right. And the thing to remember also is playing music is meant to be fun.
1: Yeah, sure, there is some competitive aspect to it that people attribute to it. You know, you, you know, well, that's a better guitar player than that one or whatever. But that's not what's the most important. What's most important is if when you're playing music, are you having fun? <clears throat> and it's never too late to start playing music, Colton. Actually, I once had a guitar student who didn't start playing guitar until he was 80 years young. 80 years young and we worked together for five years in person and then and then the pandemic came and we had to stop but we had such a great time he had such a great time learning songs from the 60s and 70s that he was familiar with and we learned them on guitar he'd play and sing them together and it was a whole lot of fun his wife would comment how you know how grateful she was that he was having this experience and what she felt it was doing for him uh, when they would go to florida during the winter break for a few months he would bring his guitar and play for his buddies down in florida so it's just never too late for us to pick up that instrument and start learning to something. It might take us a little longer, but if it's something we really want to do, you know, we can absolutely get there and we're not, we don't need to become a virtuoso to have fun.
0: Yeah. And I would say there's no shame in saying like, I want to learn this. You know, I've recently been looking around cause I'm like, I really want to learn how to play piano, but I'm not going to buy a piano and fit it into my house somewhere. I'm like, <laughs> I wonder if I could get a keyboard.
1: That's right. Keyboard or even, you know, it's funny, we talk about uh, percussion and drums a lot because we have a tabletop electronic drum kit that we use at our instrument petting zoos. And it's extremely popular. Uh, and I tell parents, you know, if they had this when I was a kid, I would have been a drummer. But when I was a kid growing up, you know, you, my parents said, no way are you bringing drums, <laughs> real drums into the house and making that kind of racket. Uh, but the electronic kits, you know, you play with headphones. Uh, They have pedals you can hook out for the kick drum and for the hi-hat so you can actually play it like a drum kit. It's just amazing, you know, what what you can do now with technology. So it's kind of, you know, technology is that double-edged sword. There's so many benefits that come with it. And then there's so many things that kind of take away from our society, I believe, through technology. But, you know, the availability of instruments that are there and many different ways we can learn, you know, online. When I was a kid learning to play guitar, you know, we had records. And you pick up the needle, put it back on the song, play it again, try to figure out the guitar part, pick up the needle again, again, three hours later, I think I have it down. Whereas now, you know, I go on YouTube like, you know, show me the guitar solo for this particular song and show me what he's playing. And there it is. And I can watch, 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 watch in 15, 20 minutes. I'm
0: like there. It certainly is like we don't want it to take over creating music for us, but at the same time, you know, like you're saying, you could have an entire apartment complex full of people all playing instruments all at the same time. And someone walking by the building would be none the wiser.
1: Because it's like <laughs> right, it's all,
0: right. all plugged into our headphones. You can't even hear it anymore. Right, right, right. Which is, great, which is great for learning. And then we want to unplug the headphones and play it, you
1: know, a little loud so everyone can hear. Yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah of course, you want other people to hear it at some point. But just like the fact that you could in you could do that with a populated area and no one would know is fascinating. Like, you don't have that nervousness, I guess, like I would have. You know, oh, I'm going to learn the piano via keyboard. I'm worried that, like, my playing is going to be so awful. Someone's going to come tell me how bad it <laughs> sounds.
1: Well, you know, there are those are some instruments where it doesn't really lend itself to the, uh, you know, listening with headphones. Yeah, you know, there's a funny example of our daughter through high school she started one she wanted to learn to play the violin a little bit just for fun so we got her a violin initially like a very inexpensive student violin and uh you know she started first she just wanted to learn by herself teach herself through online tutorials and then we eventually hooked her up with a teacher for a while But Colton, she never wanted to play when we were home because she did not want us to hear her playing we would sometimes come into the house is is that the violin I hear upstairs? So we kind of sneak in a little bit, like just listen for a little while before she'd realize that we were listening. And, uh, but it's just so funny because you're right, sometimes we don't want people to hear. Uh, But for many instruments, you know, any kind of electronic instrument, you know, you can utilize headphones and not worry about your disturbing. You can play when the baby's asleep and somebody else is sleeping in the house.
0: You're not going to disturb the neighbors. And it's it's really a true benefit. Yeah, it's interesting. Do you think we'll get there with every instrument eventually or is it just kind of prohibitive to some things like I had a uh, oh man I don't even remember now but I had like a horn player on the show at one point and I'm like that would be a very hard instrument I would think to make electronic
1: right right well but what you can do I mean you can apply a pickup like a small electronic pickup to instruments like that to transfer you know some semblance of the signal into like an amplifier or speaker uh, but you're still going to have the natural sound coming out of the horn, but you know, like trumpets and trombones, you can get like a little mute thing that you put in to the bell uh, that it will mute the sound to some degree, so it's not going to be the you know really really loud that you're going to hear two apartments down, but the person next door might hear something kind of soft like, but it's not going to be
0: anywhere as near as you know disturbing. <laughs> Interesting, so. Let's get to Kids Music Day, because that's kind of a a very large event, like you were saying. Tell me more about it. Sure, sure.
1: So it's funny, you know, we had started Teach Music Week, uh, which is basically a week where we encourage musicians and music schools and stores everywhere to offer a free lesson to new students for kids or adults to get them started on their journey. And then shortly after we created that, we ran into a gal who was doing something called Kids Yoga Day. And, you know, I'm thinking, Kids Yoga Day, that's really cool. And I wonder if there's a Kids Music Day. (laughs) So, you know, we go on the internet like we can nowadays, and sure enough, there wasn't anything there. So we created it. Uh, It's always the first Friday in October. And we've partnered with the same music schools and stores in all 50 states, Canada, and a dozen other countries to offer a special event or promotion that benefits or celebrates kids playing music. It could be a student performance, either in-house at their location or out in the community could be an instrument petting zoo, could be an instrument donation drive, kids open mic, uh, any free trial lessons, anything that will, again, benefit kids playing music. And then we promote that out to the media to get the media talking about it so that more families will know about the opportunities in their community and get them in to get their kids started on their musical journey. And we're actually celebrating coming up, you know, from where we are now, talking the eighth annual Kids Music Day in October. 2023, and the events that happen for Kids Music Day are over actually a ten day or period or so. I Meaning, not every location has their event on Kids Music Day because obviously they have different schedules they have to you know handle. But you know between September 29th this year and October 8th is when all the different things will be happening. And on the website KidsMusicDay.org, you can put in your zip code or your city, state for the U.S. and Canada,
0: and it'll let you know what's happening in
1: your area, the dates, and and, and the activities.
0: Yeah, and that's fantastic, you know, to get, get kids out there and just get involved.
1: We're trying to get kids off the screens and more involved in in-person activity, you know, whether it's sports, music, or even reading books, arts and crafts, you know, doing things with your hands. Uh, it's so important to, to get, you know, the younger generation off the screens because we're all walking around with these phones. And, you know, it kind of scares me what, you know, these kids that are growing up with that, what their lives are going to be like later.
0: And it seems like, I mean, it's definitely gained in popularity from a thought in your mind to say like, oh, hey, we could start this to, (laughs) you know, participation in all 50 states, but it seems like it's gained quite a lot of popularity.
1: We've been very, you know, very successful and very grateful for all the locations that participate, including some of the larger chains like Music and Arts, Guitar Center participate each year now. We also have a number of celebrity artists. That lend their name and their image for us to promote Kids Music Day, ranging from Julie Andrews, Jack Black, Vanessa Williams, uh, Richie Sambora from Bon Jovi and a dozen others that say, yes, you can use our name and our picture to help promote Kids Music Day because we believe in what you're doing. And it really comes from just the power, you know, speaks to the power of asking, Fulton, because, you know, we had to do a whole lot of asking. Like to get, number one, all the stories we gathered for the book series, 88 Ways Music Can Change Your Life. I think we asked over 6,000 musicians, do you have a story, in order to get the entries that we got. And for the Celebrity Kids Music Day Ambassadors, you know, we had to do a lot of asking to get the first one to say yes, and then another one to say yes. And then after a while, it starts to snowball a little bit. And then the same thing with some of our industry supporters, ranging from Alfred Music to Casio, to Con Selmer and Remo and and about 10 others or so that support what we're doing through helping to share about Teach Music Week and Kids Music Day. You know, what, you know, we learn, and I think kind of your podcast speaks to a little bit, just dumb enough is, you know, we have to ask questions. We have to ask for help. We can't just sit there in our, you know, in our own mind, like I kind of need this or I really wonder about that. And I suffer from this for much of my adult life is not asking enough questions, not asking for enough help. And it's something, it's a skill, an attribute that I wish I had learned much earlier in life, learned to ask for help, learned to ask questions,
0: because that's really how we learn and how we kind of get from where we are to where we need to be. Yeah, I mean, that's the beauty of it is, you know, if you're willing to admit you don't know enough or you don't know as much as you could know or you, you know, need more help than you have, like just the ability to admit that and work forward from it really has a lot of power on the things you can do and the the way you do things.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. And I used to attribute that to, you know, being me being uh, an introvert by nature. And sure, that's part of it. Uh, But then we learned from one of our mentors that, you know, the thing to do is kind of transform yourself into being a situational extrovert. Meaning if you know there's something that you need to do or something that's important to the cause you're supporting, just kind of force yourself out of your shell, break that shell open a little bit and come out. And then start asking, start inquiring, start reading, you know, just get out of your inner shell. And, you know, it's uncomfortable at first, but the more you do it, the easier it becomes. And, you know, I'm nowhere near complete on my journey out of my shell, I'll tell you. Uh, But I think I've come in a good way to, that's really helped us get this far, but we still have
0: a ways to go. I mean, if you are very introverted, like I generally consider myself fairly introverted, It is a stretch, but, you know, you can be an extrovert for 10 minutes, 15 minutes. Eventually it starts stretching out there. You're doing 30, you're doing an hour, whatever it takes. And you do. it's just another skill, right? That's right.
1: That's right. And there's a saying, I think, that says the best chance for our success lies just outside our comfort zone. So we have to break out of our comfort zone.
0: Yeah. And I think that that definitely applies back to music. You know, you're not going to be comfortable picking up a guitar. <laughs> you're going to be like, how do I hold this? Where's my hand go? What am I doing? Right. You know, but you do it once and you're like, okay, I kind of get how this works. You do it twice and you're like, oh, hey, I think I can make a consistent note. You know, right? eventually you're playing.
1: Absolutely right. And we have people that come up, you know, kids and adults and I don't know how to play guitar. You know, it'd be like a six-year-old or eight-year-old, 10 like. I know you don't know how to play guitar, and that's great. That's that's why you're here. Sit down and let's let's try it. Let's have a little fun. You know, they'll be all, like, kind of a little shy and, like, I'm not really sure. I'll show them how to hold it. I'll put the guitar pick in their hand, and I'll show them, you know, just how you strum. Now, for the guitar, we'll often have, with the electric ones, we'll have a little bit of distortion on, so it <laughs> so it has that kind of cool sound that kind of, like, rise light up. Oh, that's pretty neat. And then I'll show them, you know, on my hand, I'll be making like different bar chords on the guitar and show them how it sounds different. You show them they do the strumming and I'll change it, how it sounds based on where my fingers are so they can see, you know, the interaction between, you know, my left hand and what the sound is like. And then if we have enough time and if it's not too much noise going on around us, musical cacophonies, I like to say, I'll show them how to make a simple chord, you know, with their left hand. So they're making the chord, you know, whether the guitar, or the ukulele or the keyboard. And uh, they just have so much fun.
0: Yeah, you know, it made me think it would be far more surprising if a six-year-old had walked up and be like, "Oh, I know how to play," and then just (laughs) start, you know, taking off with it. You'd be like, "All right, that is going to rip my brain in half."
1: (laughs) Well, I think a lot of times, you know, they're you know, they come with a little bit of lack of self confidence, like, "Oh, I don't know how to play guitar," and that's okay. We tell them this is just for fun. We tell parents it's just for fun. You know, we're not selling anything. You know, we're not there's no pressure here. This is an informal environment. Just try things out and see what you think. If you're interested in getting lessons, we don't teach ourselves now because we have way too many things going on, but we will connect you with a music teacher or music school and store, you know, in your area that's you know, that will accommodate whatever it is that you're looking for.
0: Yeah. Well, and I think there's this is one of those lessons, right? That we could take from like, I don't know how to do that into a very powerful experience because I could say that about basically every instrument, right? I don't know how to play guitar. I don't know how to play piano. And most people could say those things. But imagine the social situation where you're, you know, just sitting around and there's an open piano and you're like, oh, I know how to play piano. Like the people around you are going to be way more shocked that you're like, whoa, you know, an (laughs) instrument versus like (laughs) also announcing you don't know how to play. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Well, you know, we have to go through transitions in our life and transformations and, yeah, you know, the way to do it is to start learning somewhere. And we can learn, you know, initially in our room, quiet, nobody's watching, nobody's listening. Uh, then at some point we come out and we show the world a little bit, well, here's what I learned. And then you know what? When you start doing that, you start interacting with other people that are learning and you know,
0: realize that we're all different levels, some higher, some lower, and we learn from each other. Fantastic. Well, I've appreciated having you on here immensely. Any kind of last-minute advice you tend to give people when they're they're just looking at music as a whole.
1: Yes. I think just never underestimate the power of music and the,
0: and the effect it can have on your life, both
1: listening to music intentionally and selecting the music that you're listening to at any given time to match what it is you're trying to achieve. And then it's and then it's also never too late to pick up an instrument. You know, whether you're 30, 40, 50, or 80, whatever it is, you know, we highly recommend you consider picking up an instrument and starting learning to play something and just having
0: a little bit of musical fun. Absolutely. Well, thank you again for being here. Why don't you tell everyone where they can find you if they're looking for more? Uh, thanks, Colton.
1: Uh, the best place for people to find us is uh, keetmusicalive.org. And from there, they can branch off to Keats Music Week, Kids Music Day, and pretty much everything that we're doing.
0: Fantastic. And all those things will be in the show notes. So if you're looking for them and you don't know how to spell something or you don't want to spell something, there's a link <laughs> just down below where you're listening and you can just click that. Thanks so much, Colton. This has been great. really enjoyed our conversation. Yes, thank you again for being here. I've always wanted to gain some real musical skill, so maybe I'll see some of you out at the next public event. Just promise not to judge me too hard when you see how little talent I have. We're over halfway through September, and the rankings have stabilized a little bit more. Number one, the United States, led by New York, Oregon, and California. Number two, still the United Kingdom, just barely led by Scotland. Number three, Australia, with New South Wales still in the lead. Number four, India. And number five, Ontario, Canada, barely keeping their place in the top five as a whole. That's it for this week. I hope you have a great weekend, and I'll see you all back here for the next episode. Until the next episode, please do all those things to help the show. Rate, review, like, and subscribe. And don't forget to tell your friends. You can reach out to dumbenoughpodcast at gmail.com or on any of the social media platforms if you want to reach me personally. But most importantly, stay dumb.